Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. Well, beloved, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Um, it is so nice to be able to gather with families and friends and receive gifts from them. I got a lot of cool stuff for Christmas this year. It was really cool. But what's really important is that we continue to realize that Christ is the most ultimate, all-satisfying, the, the most to be exalted gift ever. In the midst of our sin and our rebellion against a holy God, Christ came. He was born from a virgin. And he lived the life that we could not live because he loved us. And God did it for his own glory. And he lived the life we couldn't live by never sinning, neither by thought or in action. And then he died the death that we should have died. And when we put our faith in Christ, when Christ died, that is a representation of what happens to us when we put our faith in Christ. We die, our sin dies. And then when Christ raised from the dead on the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit, which lives in us, us meaning those who trust in Christ, that is our newness of life. That is what Christ has brought us into. The verse of the day, beloved, is 1 John chapter 4. This is a pretty well-known um, pretty well-known verse, pretty well-known chapter. That, you know, verse 1 says, test the spirits, not every spirit comes from God. Many of you guys may know that verse, but we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. And it reads out of the Amplified. Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith the love which God has had for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. John's writings are so interesting. His epistles are some of the most interesting to me. And this is where it there's a message that I that I, there's a, a message that I listened to on, on a recorded um, file that I downloaded on my phone a while ago about abiding in Christ and that that fruit that you produce, that's not your fruit. And it was a guy, it was, it was by a guy named Michael Durham, I believe. And it was, it really, uh, impacted me when I listened to it. And it's really, uh, encouraged me in some, some things that I had been going through during that time. And, um, I've been thinking about trying to go back to it, but that's the verse of the day, 1 John 4, 15 through 16. I did get my new, um, my new, uh, I have a new verse of the day, like calendar thing where you flip it and then it shows you the new verse. Um, 
they're all going to be out of the NIV, but I think I'll probably read it out of the Amplifier, the ESV, whatever. So it's sitting in my closet right now. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, got to get to get together with some family. Uh, my parents are divorced, so and my sister was out of town, so like my sister came, my sister Melinda came to, um, uh, came to, oh, I'm trying to think, there was just like lots of back and forth and meeting up on several different occasions because my sister's out of town. We spent uh, Christmas on my at my dad's in the morning, and then we went to my mom's. Um, there, there. My brother Sam was not able to go to um, to my mom's for Christmas, and um, there's just a lot of family drama going on. Um, I do appreciate your prayers in that. I'm still trying to um, find a job. That's something that I've been praying about, and the Lord has continued to give me peace and assurance and just say, you do your part and I'll do mine, which means just apply for jobs and trust me with the rest. Keep following up, doing your part. That's all I want you to worry about. Um, Many of you guys have heard me talk about just my spiritual walk, um, mental health, getting into the word. And recently I've just continued to see more renewal in my mind Um, The Lord's giving me more understanding about certain situations that I continue to deal with. Um, In particular, you guys have heard me about my trials with my dad. Uh, You guys have heard me talk about those things. Uh, Things continue to stay the way they're at. I I really have continued to pray for my dad. Um, But I have been getting so much assurance and so much just, just learning more about things. And it's just really opening my eyes. And so... um. Let's just open in prayer and then I'll uh, share today's notes and we'll dive into Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Father, thank you for another opportunity to get into your word, Lord, that you have revealed to us the sayings of your heart. Father, I just pray for the person that's listening right now and you would... You would put in them just a confidence of who they are as your son or daughter if they are. If they're not, Father, I just pray for conviction, conviction of sin, and that you would reveal your son, Father. Reveal how how wide his grace is, how wide his mercy is, that you would reveal that, Lord. Even to the born-again Christian who may have fallen into some sin this week, Lord, I pray you'd reveal yourself. Your word says you will not despise a broken and contrite heart. And so I just, I pray you to reveal your heart to them. I pray for those that may be confused in a particular season. And Lord, that they would continue to draw near. They would continue to to call out to you day and night. They would get into your word. They would continue to, to seek after you day and night and pour out their hearts before you. I pray for those who have had childhood wounds and that you'd give them understanding that they would continue to not just grow in the truth but to get to a point of understanding and not to just not to just continuing to learn things but never coming to the knowledge of the truth that and for those who are on that journey lord of learning things and there's more to learn keep them on that road i pray for living understanding through your word today And I pray that we would see your son as the ultimate gift. 
as much as we enjoy earthly things, help us to treasure Christ more and more in his precious name, I pray. Amen. I do have a, a vitamin water in today's episode. Just to let you guys know, try to stay hydrated. I've got two candles lit. I got a new candle. My dad got me a candle, so it's really cool. I've got my Bible here. This is season 26, episode 247, and uh, for those of you that hear me say this every week, well, here you go again. <laughs> here on Obvious Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons, and continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you're new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I guess we would say over three years ago, I think we're going on three years now here on my podcast, Uh, about two, three years ago, uh, the Lord had spoken to me. I was at a beach in California and said, when you get home, I want you to start a podcast and start using the teaching gift that that I've given you. Um, And my only prayer, or not my only prayer, but my number one prayer in today's episode is that God's will is done in your life. If you have any questions or comments or anything you want to reach out to me about, please don't hesitate. I'm here to help. I am the Lord's servant. And I, I love to equip, um, whether you're born again or not, I love to just lead you in the right way, hoping that I'm being led by the Spirit at that point. Uh, you can do that by reaching out to me at my email. It's josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. Um, I'll have that in the description below. Okay, so... Um, Let's get into, we're going to continue our study in Ecclesiastes. We're doing chapter 6 today. Um, but before we get into chapter 6, let's see um, let's see where we left off in chapter 5. I also I, I got this I got this new um this new desk chair that my family pitched in on to get me. It's really cool. I, I set it up last night. I got home late last night. I watched the Ravens and Niners game and that was just unbelievable. Uh, I got home and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this tomorrow. I, I think I think I'll just do it tonight. And the directions were super simple. I did it all by myself, and I was like, wow. I just really thank the Lord I was able to figure that out because I've never I've never been good at. You get something in the mail and you have to assemble it all together. I, I've never been good at like, you know, setting everything up. But thank God, this is it's really comfortable. It's nice. It's got arm handles. The other one didn't. I took the other one to Salvation Army earlier and donated it. So, and that's actually, that's actually uh, where I got it, I believe. So, I got some Lions stuff. Um, I got a Jameson Williams hoodie. He's a receiver for the Lions. I got a Dan Campbell shirt. He's the head coach for the Lions. For those of you that don't know, um, I got some CDs from my dad. Even though, <sighs> my dad, he just sometimes he gets me gifts that are like, like okay, thanks, dad. But anyway, he gets you like little knickknacks, you know what I mean? But um, this actually uh, one quick gift that he actually gave me. My dad likes to go to um, like railroad tracks and just pick up uh, like little um, little objects and stuff. And so he picked up a really big nail that was that you would that they would put in the railroad track to keep it, you know, still. And he grabbed one and he spray painted it gold and he gave it to me to continue to remember the nails that were put in the hands of Christ. And so I have it here sitting at my desk and it's really, really precious. And then I'm, I'm really big in cars. I, I love car design. Uh, Lexus is probably my favorite company. 
um, even though the Germans are really the top dogs in design. That's a matter of opinion, but I got a, um, a little uh, like outline of a car that my dad got me, and he found that same kind of a thing at the, um, what do you call it, the railroad track. Um, oh, just in case you like to know the song's playing in the background, this is a new one. This is called My Everything by Waldner Worship. So same artist, we've been doing the same artist for a while now, but most of my instrumental music, I, I believe, is, is from them. So, all right, almost 13 minutes in, and now we're starting in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Before we get into chapter 6, let's see where we, let's see where we left off in chapter 5, beloved. Solomon started to go on a different tangent in verses 18 through 20 for chapter 5 than what he was talking about in verses 1 through 7. So chapter 5 verses 1 through 7 was a little bit different than what you read in verses 18 to 20. So verses 18 through 20, Solomon was talking again about the pains of the oppression of man and that they're needed or that they're, they're, they're needing to be justice in those uh, sinful moments. And that it, it, if you expect that to happen, meaning justice, don't expect it because there are rulers over us. Meaning those who are, um, I think, I think, I think I'm translating this right, but meaning, meaning those in what you would call today in our government, um, and those rulers have rulers and those rulers have rulers. So it's like, you would have like your, your employee, this is just looking like in the workforce, you'd have your employee, you might have your like shift lead and then your manager and then the store manager and then the CEO. There's just different people that rule over different people. Solomon finishes with how even more evil comes from all that, all of that we just, as the oppression of man, as we look at the money or riches if you want to call that. So he, 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 he talks about the oppression of man. And then, okay, now let's look at how the oppression of man is now being used through money. How money is being hoarded by those evil rulers. So with that being said, let's get into chapter 6, beloved. Today, we will be reading out of the Amplified. Verse, uh, verse 1, the title here is The Futility of Life. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it weighs heavily on men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires. Yet God has not given him the power or capacity to enjoy them, all those things which are gifts from God. But a stranger in whom he has no interest succeeds him and enjoys them. So this is very, this, these two verses are very similar to what Solomon also says earlier in this book, in chapter 2, verse 18. So I hated all the fruit, the, the gain of my labor, for which I had labored under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who will succeed me. So what is Solomon's, what is Solomon's response to this kind of thinking, this kind of wisdom that we see in verses 1 through 2? This is vanity, and it is a great cause. It is a cause of great distress. I just, I mean, I, it just makes sense. Like, I, I, this is, you see all this evil 
And then he goes, all of this is just vanity and it causes great distress. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives, this is verse three, if a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, however, however many they may be, but his soul is not satisfied with good things and he is not respected and is given and is not given a proper burial. He is not laid to rest in the uh, sepulture of his father's then I say, better the miscarriage than he. For the miscarriage comes in futility in vain and passes to obscurity, and its name is covered in, in obscur obscurity. So, essentially Solomon is saying here that if a man, a man has a hundred children, and that man lives hundreds of years, and he's not satisfied with the things that he, you know, worked for, he says it's better that that man was never born. This is like wow. And again, I think I think that that proves even more that you have to read this book through the lens of someone who doesn't walk with God. Someone who is living for themselves. Someone who is what you would might call today a narcissistic. They're they're self-focused, they're prideful, they're arrogant and they just they just want to do what they want to do. They have no desire to do God's will. They have no desire to please God. And that doesn't mean that we walk on eggshells before the Lord, but when we do mess up, you may have a, a broken and contrite heart. I had those moments today. I struggled with a, a little bit of some lustful thoughts today. And in that moment, I just, I felt myself grieve like, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I want to do what's right. And kind of practicing myself and, and, um, saying, you know, if I, if I do what I don't want to do, it's not me doing it. And I've seen small renewing in my mind in that. It's been changing my emotions and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's been really just communing with me in those moments. And, but it's taken so long to learn that. And I'm not perfect by any means. Verse five, it has not seen the sun nor had any knowledge. Meaning the person who is miscarried, they don't see the sun, they don't have any knowledge. And he continues, yet it has more rest and is better off than he. He is 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 the dad who has a hundred children and and he doesn't have a proper bur proper burial. Verse six, even if the other man lives a thousand years twice over and yet has not has and yet has seen no good and experienced no enjoyment. Do not both go to one place, the grave? It seems to me, honestly, that Solomon is continuing to be uh, fixated on enjoying one's life. And if they don't, it would be better if they weren't born. That provokes my mind in so many ways, and it makes me have many. I have that word many in all caps and italicized. <laughs> Literally in my notes. I'm looking at it right now. It makes me have many questions to the Lord. And beloved, let me make this clear. Not in an arrogant way, but a like, like I just want to understand more, Lord. This is this is just, this is the one book that really just makes me overthink a little bit. I love this from David Guzik. Uh, he speaks on verse 2 where it says, A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor 
so that he lacks nothing. Yet God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consumes it. Solomon saw the tragedy of those who are given great gifts from God. Yet they do not have the opportunity to enjoy what God gives. Because some other guy is going to come along and just pick up, pick up where it left off. Solomon understood this to be vanity and evil and an evil affliction. Verse 3 is, is just sad to even read. I'm going to read it one more time. We're going to go back. We're going back here to verse three. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, however many they may be, but his soul is not satisfied with good things and he is not respected and is not given a proper burial. He is not laid to rest in the uh, sepulture of his fathers. Then I say better the miscarriage than he. We can do a a cross-reference here and look at Job chapter 3, verse 16 out of the ESV. Or why was I not as a hidden stillborn child, as infants who never see the light? That's the, uh, when when I read out of my Amplified Bible, it had like right in there Job 3.16. But I have my own cross-reference that I thought of. And it's from the words of Christ in uh, Matthew 26, 24. Jesus says, this is the ESV, the son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And again, I'm not trying to sound arrogant. That That's not my heart, but that's one verse that I just... I'm like, I don't understand that, Lord. You create all things. I find myself poor in spirit. I don't understand. You create all things and you don't make mistakes, obviously. Uh, Supposedly, supposedly, I've heard this, I'm not sure if it's true, but that there's a prophecy even about Judas Iscariot. Uh, betraying Christ. So I'm like, Lord, you even said it would happen. So I'm like, and then I think about, I think about Proverbs 16, 33, the, the, the lot is cast uh, from the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I know, I, I know you're not wrong, but I'm trying to understand this. There's more understanding for me to know. We have to keep that heart posture, beloved, in the moments of confusion or not understanding things, again, my Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. In those moments, you say, Lord, I don't understand, but this is your word, and I know that you can you can help me here. But even if you don't show me, I know that's not where my salvation is found. That's not where my joy is found. That's not where my identity is found. My identity is found in your son, who became a curse for me and died for my sins. To continue Ecclesiastes, verse 7, All the labor of man is for his mouth, for self-preservation and enjoyment. And yet the desire of his soul is not satisfied. That verse right there is like, what's the word? Um, uh, oh, crap. Uh, what is it? Uh, a paradox, I think that's the word is. All the labor of man is for his mouth, his self-preservation and enjoyment. 
and yet the desire of his soul is not satisfied. Verse 8, For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? For being, wise, uh, for being worldly wise is not the secret to happiness. What advantage has the poor man... I'm, I'm not, sorry, I'm going to read verse 8 one more time because I think I, the Holy Spirit was telling me to reread it because it did, didn't make sense the way I read it. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? For being worldly wise is not the secret to happiness. What advantage has the poor man who has learned how to walk publicly among the living with men's eyes on him? For being poor is not the secret to happiness either. Verse 9, what the eyes see enjoying what is available is better than craving what the soul desires. That's, oh my gosh, that is a, oh my gosh. Wow. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking right now how I could turn it, turn that into so many prayers before the Lord about my desire to meet my wife. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just got some thoughts running through my mind now. That's just part of verse nine. I'm going to read it one more time. What the eyes see enjoying what is available is better than craving what the soul desires. I could be like, Lord, my soul desires a wife if you just gave me what my eyes see. If you would let me enjoy a woman who's ready to be married. But you know what? I, I just, I'll, I'll just I'll finish with this and we'll move on and, uh, to finish this last part of verse 9. Lord willing. I remember praying a, lot, a while ago. I was just, again, earnestly like, Lord, I really want to meet my wife. I just, I desire her so incredibly and the Lord spoke to me after just praying about this for so long and he said if I gave her to you right now everything would get messed up everything everything would go to complete shambles nothing would work out and in that moment I was just like okay in that moment I had that small little mustard seed of trust with the Lord like okay you see me and I, and I have to trust you. To continue verse 9, this too, oh my gosh, here's my answer. This too is fertility and chasing after the wind. God's like, there's your answer, Josiah. Wow. And But beloved, I'm telling you, like I, I find so much relief in that. That I've experienced the second, the first part of verse 9. The first part. What the eyes see, enjoying what is available, is better than craving what the soul desires. And I just, what, I just, you know, went on a three minute tangent. Of like, why Lord? But then he says, it's fertility, it's chasing after the wind. Like, don't worry about it. I find so much relief. Like, okay. Wow. I, I just, I find so much relief in that. Like, okay. And I think in order to, to realize that and understand that is that you have to keep a posture of humility. Verse 10, whatever exists has already been named long ago. The prophet Isaiah says, you know, God, God says that my plans, nothing will thwart it. Whatever I've said I'm going to do, I'm going to do. To continue verse 10, and it is known 
what a frail being man is, for he cannot dispute with him who is mightier than he. Now that might make you, I'm going to read that one more time and I'm going to bring up a, I'm going to go off note here real quick. For he cannot dispute with him, that's that's talking about God, who is mightier than he, that's you and I. And you might think about, well, what about Moses? The scriptures clearly says, Josiah, that Moses changed God's mind. And people will say, well, God knew he was going to change his mind. So did he really change his mind? And people will just like, they'll put those little things in there. Like, well, this and that and this and that. And did he really in this? And did, are you looking at this and are you seeing that? I don't know. <laughs> Again, it's not a contradiction, but there is more learning for us to know. The scriptures are clear that blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Verse 11, for... There are m- many other words that increase futility, or futility, however you pronounce that. What then is the advantage for a man? For who, limited by human wisdom, knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few days of his feudal life? Feudal, I think that's how you pronounce it, feudal. That just sounds better when, it, when, I, when I say it. He spends them like a shadow staying busy, but achieving nothing of lasting value. Why doesn't it last for that? Why doesn't it last? Why doesn't it achieve for lasting value? Because when you're done, someone's just going to come up and pick up where you left off. Solomon has continued to say that through, through, through many different chapters. For who can tell a man what will happen after him to his work, his treasure, his plans under the sun after his life is over. So going back to verse 12, where it says, I'm going to read verse 12 real quick. Again, verse 12, for who limited by human wisdom knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few days of his feudal life. There's a footnote here and it says, I quote, the narrator is trying to prove that life is not worth living. But the Holy Spirit is using him to show that these conclusions are the tragic effect of living, doing air quotes, under the sun. End air quotes. Ignoring the Lord, living apart from God the Father, oblivious to the Holy Spirit, and yet face to face with the mysteries of life and nature. When you, beloved, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying this like trying to mentally think that you're thinking this way, but if you are, when you read this book in that lens, it makes so much more sense. And it makes, it brings a understanding to your mind and your heart of the glorious inheritance that we have in Christ. The riches of his glory to gaze on him and look at what he did for us. I feel the joy of the Holy Spirit as I say that right now. Oh my gosh. To look to him. And to have such a joy of thinking, wow, Lord, you're going to come back and you're going to you're going to save me from the wrath to come. 
Why do you save why do you save me from the wrath to come? Because you took my wrath on the cross. You took what I deserve. I love this from David Guzik regarding verse 10, where it says, Whatever one is, he has already been named. He he has been named already. This is a, a fatalistic view of God's sovereignty. The idea is that God is completely in control, and whatever one is, it is because of the all-powerful God has named it already. To continue with Guzik, this is him quoting the theologian N.T. Wright. Since God is supreme, he has surely predestined everything and has made man too weak to resist. Reasoning, complaining, and arguing bring no answer and lead no further and lead to no further frustration. Now, I have heard some of the things that N.T. Wright has said that are kind of like, ugh, but there are some things that he says that I do think can uh, equip the body of Christ well. Now, when I had done this study on this chapter a while back, I was at a point in my life where I'm, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go off note here just a little bit real quick. When I had studied this chapter a while back, I was at a point in my life where I thought I was pretty convinced. I was like, I'm telling you, I, I really think this is, I think this is who I am. I think this is, this is what my doctrine is, that I was reformed or a Calvinist. Since then, God has shown me new things. I've looked at articles, videos, and sermons, and I am now here to say I believe that Calvinism, that parts of Calvinism and parts of Arminianism are true. I think there's certain things that Calvinism says that I would agree with, but there's other things that I disagree with. I think there's things that Arminian, Ar, Ar, Arminian, I can't say the word, Arminianism, that's how you say it, that are that are right, but that I also disagree with. And, but beloved, like, you know, let's say you grow up Catholic and you hear a lot of those false teachings, if we're just going to be completely honest. And you come to a church and you hear about grace and you hear about the gospel and and you hear, you know, you trust in Christ, you're saved. You are united with, with God. You don't have to be made right with God through the law. Through the law comes knowledge of sin. Paul says that. And you think like, wait, what? Like I was taught these things for so many years. And there's certain things that you may agree with or disagree with. But that's a whole other conversation about what about Calvinism and Arminianism. But I state that what I just said. Um, the reason I state that is because as much as I, as much as I agree with God's sovereignty, complete control of everything. So the Calvinist sometimes gets uh, then too hyper on what uh, that might look like. And verse 10, they would maybe explain something in that verse. They, they would try to say something in that verse when there's nothing really there. There are some Calvinists that believe that if God is completely sovereign to save people and call people and 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 graft them into their son, into his son, there's no need for um, uh, evangelism. And I think to myself, well, there's so many scriptures about evangelism. And of course, you know, let, let's look at those in context. But 
Yeah, I would completely disagree with that. I think that's hyper-Calvinist. I think that that is... Now, John Piper is my favorite pastor. He's a five-point Calvinist, but he doesn't agree with that. Most Calvinists or most Reformists also don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, which I think is is a false teaching. I don't see how you how you get to that point. There There is a, a scripture that they use in 1 Corinthians 13, and they really they really butcher it, and they take it out of context, and... Um, they the way they define certain Greek words is they're not defining it the right way. I've I've seen the gifts of the Spirit active in my life, so I'm like, I would say to them like like how do you explain that? And like real quick like you know some of you guys know Francis Chan, great guy. I've read many of his books and they've been very impactful in my life. There's a, a sermon that I my friend Brittany sent me. I'm planning on going on her podcast this Saturday. That's been something we've been trying to get in the works, but she sent me this clip by Francis, and. It was about the power of a secret life. And it's like a two-minute video. But the stuff that I heard has been just impacting me. And again, I, I talked at the beginning of today's episode, the renewing in my mind of experiencing, I've been experiencing. It's little by little. It's slow. It takes time. I went through a lot of mental suffering in the past. A lot of mental health issues. And that's a whole nother topic. But anyway... I'm all over the board here now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, you know, the Calvinists would look at verse 10, the hyper-Calvinist. Let's see verse 10 here. Whatever exists has already been named long ago, and it is known what a frail being man is. For he cannot dispute with him, meaning God, who is mightier than he, meaning us. They would just, they would try to, they would try to explain that there's something there that you, that's not in the actual reading, but there's nothing really there. And I, I would have to agree with the people who make that statement. But let's go back to verse 12 and read this real quick. We're almost done here, guys. For who, limited by human wisdom, knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few days of his feudal life, Gosh, it sounds so much better when I say it that way. My gosh, thank you, Lord, for helping me say that right. He spends them like a shadow, staying busy, but achieving nothing of lasting value. For who can tell a man what will happen to him, what will happen after him, to his work, his treasure, his plans, under the sun, after his life is over? This verse is perplexing to me. How would a guy like Solomon not know what happens to a person after he dies? Like honestly, that that's what I thought. Like that that was my first thought when I when I read this verse and I wrote it down. It almost sounds like he's paraphrasing his own words from chapter three, verse twenty-one out of the ESV. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. And and again, beloved, when you when you read that verse and you read it in the in the lens of someone who doesn't walk with God, it makes sense. Because they don't know. Paul says that they, they don't understand spiritual things. I then think to myself, to maybe understand it a little bit better, is this again is being spoken in the viewpoint of someone who does not... Um, I'm just going back to my notes here, so I'm kind of repeating myself, but someone who does not live for God, but for himself or herself... But at the same time, 
I'm going, Solomon, you knew God though. You walked with him. You heard him say things to you. It is a type of understanding that might just be too high for us to understand because God's wisdom is far beyond ours. Or maybe it's just like, maybe it's just Solomon, like, maybe it's not even that he, that maybe that he doesn't even know, but that the Holy Spirit is inspiring him through his life just as a natural man. Maybe it's just like Solomon's not, Solomon's not really, because now I'm thinking like Solomon, like, is he really speaking out of a, like a, like a true heart? Or is he just writing these things to like the Holy Spirit just use him to write these things to show unbelievers, hey, this is this is the truth. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's 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 mind-boggling. So beloved, my favorite verses here as we end Ecclesiastes chapter six. My favorite verses are verses three through four, and again it reads, if if a, if a man follows a hundred children and lives many years. However many they may be, but his soul is not satisfied with good things, and he is not respected, and is not given a proper burial. He is not laid to rest in the uh, sepulture of his fathers. Then I say, better is the miscarriage than he. Better the miscarriage than he is what it says. Verse 4, for the miscarriage comes in futility. Or in, uh, I forgot how to pronounce it again now, jeez. But it means in vain and passes into obscurity. And its name is covered in obscurity. Now, I think, you know, I wrote that in my notes a while ago, but I would actually have to change my mind. I think my favorite verse, because I found it to be so relieving, is this first part of verse 9. This is actually probably my favorite verse. I have to, I have to change my mind. What the eyes see... Enjoying what is available is better than craving what the soul desires. This too is fertility and chasing after the wind. Again, because I find like, wow, like I really don't have to worry about thinking about that stuff all the time. I really don't. It's just chasing after the wind. It has no meaning. What did I personally learn in this chapter? More about the one who does not know God and how he should live. Uh, Now to break down the context, of course, Solomon continues in this state of being sad over which God gives to one person and it being absolutely vapor. Uh, It's the Hebrew word hevel. You'll see a lot of um, uh, scholars uh, use that word. You'll see it in a lot of footnotes as well, depending on what version you read. But that it doesn't mean anything. And then he goes back to the sadness of the one who will excel that man's work and reap the dead man's uh, work, his rewards for his hard work. Uh, this uh, He continues with the... I have to fix that. He continues with the foolishness of the luxuries of life, then finishes with, well, what is good for this kind of person? Because where will he go after he dies? So he kind of ends there. But, beloved, for all of us, again, I don't know my listeners personally, and I'm not trying to gaslight, but for all of us who trust in Christ, who put our confidence in him, we know with confidence. Sometimes we, need, we, we, sometimes we do need reassurance for our salvation. I've been there. 
I know many famous pastors who have been there as well. I know many born-again Christians who love God and are not circumcised by outward appearance, but by the heart that have moments of needing assurance for their salvation. That if that's us, that we can put our hope in, in paradise when we enter that in the end. So my question for you guys that listen on Spotify, you can answer it down below. And then if you answer, I can uh, share that next week. Uh, if we do next week's episode, Lord willing, my question is just simply, what did you learn from today's episode? My poll that you can answer just below that is, have you experienced more of the riches of Christ as we continue through this study? You can answer yes, no, or a little bit. Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our Ecclesiastes chapter 6 study. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word and being able to read it. Oh, wow. Lord, thank you for your son so much. We honor him and we love him and we trust him and we put our confidence in him. We look to him, Lord. I just pray for grace, Father. Your word says that it is good that the heart is strengthened by grace. I pray that you would reveal that to my listener, whether they've been listening for a while or they're new. Holy Spirit, fill them. Bring a clean house and fill them and give them knowledge of your will. In moments of anxiety or worry, they would call out to you, Lord, and that you would strengthen them to trust you. Father, I do thank you for another year of my podcast. Continuing to give me just knowledge for your word. And just pray that you're continually glorified through my podcast. And with these little side episodes I'm going to be coming out with, I pray that you're glorified through that. And that, Lord, we would continue to have a servant's heart posture towards you as we continue the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, beloved, next week, Lord willing, uh, we'll be doing Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Uh, share my podcast with a friend. I'm going to be coming out with two episodes, Lord willing, sometime this week. Um, I'm going to be sharing my stats. I, I did I did peek at a few of them. I wanted them to kind of, to kind of be a surprise, but some of the stats about my podcast this year is just unbelievable to see what God has done. And I'm so excited to share that with you guys. Um, I am going to come out with some prophetic words that I've received coming into this new year. Um, there are, there's one that's encouraging and there's two that are a little bit like um, alarming. Uh, so I'm planning on sitting down and uh, preparing that, uh, trying to discern the Lord's voice as well in those moments. So please pray for me in that. Um, please pray for me in trying to find a job. Uh, really just doing my part. Um, pray for just my situation at home here. It's one of my trials that I'm going through and I'm 
I'm telling you, I've been, I've even been experiencing little glimpses, tiny glimpses of, um, finding joy and knowing that God's being glorified through my trials. It's been little glimpses. It's been like just something I've never experienced before. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, what else? Let me see if there's anything else. Um, cause I'm going to update you guys as I'd love to tell you guys about my life and I'd love to, I would love to hear about yours as well. You know, if, if you needed a prayer request and you wanted me to say that, share that here on my podcast, you can email me and I would love to, to do that with everyone. Um, I just got done reading Luke. I did the little, you guys know the Luke challenge where through this, through the month of the December, you read one chapter in Luke. And when you're done with Luke, you reach Christmas. So I did that a little bit behind. So there was, I had to read several chapters in like one particular day or several different days. Um, uh, now I, the Lord's, I think leading me to read Proverbs. So I've, I've been really excited about that. Just really excited to see what the Lord's going to do. Um, continuing to review my, uh, uh, sermons here for Ecclesiastes. Cause I studied Ecclesiastes a while ago and, uh, there was a promise that God gave me that I believe God told me it was going to happen by the end of the year. And obviously the end of the year is today's December 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, five days away. And I've been praying like, Lord, I, I really believe you told me this. And so, um, how do I say this? There's one last thing that I want to say to the person that I had talked about here on my podcast a while ago that I had deeply hurt years ago and I was clearly repentant over it. Um, just want to say again, if you're listening to this, again, I am, I am truly sorry for what I did. I have earnestly prayed to the Lord about my seriously repentant heart. Um, I am not proud about what I did. I really did sin against you. And again, I'm not proud of it. I really... I was put in a very uncomfortable position and I just, I made the decision I thought was right in that moment. Looking back, uh, I don't know how my mind has gone very back and forth. Um, so if you are listening to this, I am very sorry. And I, I really do hope that you could forgive me. I'm clearly very sorry for what I did. And I've, again, I've pleaded with the Lord about the stuff that I've done. And I've, I've told, I'm sorry to the Lord, like not hundreds of times, but tons of times. So, beloved, thank you so much for listening to today's episode on Movius Ministries podcast as we study Ecclesiastes chapter six. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.